The following is a presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for high school sports. This is Scoreboard Saturday on News Radio KMAN. Happy Chinese New Year, everybody. It is the year of the dragon. Chinese New Year officially beginning today. And yes, I just did learn that from the CBS News report. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Scoreboard Saturday on News Radio KMAN. I'm your host, AJ Shaw. Of course, our show brought to you by the great folks at WTC Communications. WTC keeping you connected with the fastest fiber network internet speeds. Get your home or business in the game online at WTCKS.com. Got a couple of announcements to make before we uh, get started here today. First off, we are now officially on Spotify. Podcast went up last week. So what I want you to do is, if you missed the show, go to Spotify, get it on your website, on the internet, on your application, type in K-Man Scoreboard Saturday. It's K-M-A-N apostrophe S Scoreboard Saturday. And go ahead and hit follow, and you won't miss an episode. We upload right after the show is finished so yeah we will uh we have the podcast up on spotify we're trying to get it up on apple Podcasts. we're having a couple of issues with that uh, but we should have that up by next week uh, give me a follow on twitter at real shaw father i'll keep you guys updated on that but yep we are now officially on spotify so go check it out k-man scoreboard saturday click follow and uh, you'll never miss an episode. It's pretty much everything that we cover here. We talk NCKL, Mid-East League, Centennial League, Twin Valley League. So we have a lot of fun. So go check out the podcast. I have uh, the 30 for 30 on the 2,000 Ravens over in the corner, so I'm kind of keeping an eye on that at the same time. I shouldn't be doing that, but I'm kind of a good multitasker. But we're going to get into some high school basketball. Big week for the Manhattan Indians. Three games, including back-to-backs on Monday and Tuesday. Manhattan girls goes 2-1. and one. They pick up victories over Topeka High on Tuesday and Junction City last night. But the big game definitely uh, for sure last night was uh, the Junction City Manhattan boys game, a game that could have determined or could be the determining factor in who finishes with the top spot in the Centennial League. Uh, Junction City had not lost a league game since they faced Manhattan back on uh, January 5th in Manhattan, that thrilling game that the Indians won 65 to 64. But last night, Junction City returns the favor. 56 53, your final. The Blue Jays pick up the victory. And for Junction City now, sitting very comfortable at the top of the Centennial League, 15 and two overall, six and one in conference in league play, with three games to go in their season. They got Topeka Hayden on Tuesday, a very good Emporia team on Friday, and then Topeka High on next Tuesday, the 20th of February. But uh, after the game, Troy Coverdale had an opportunity to sit down and talk with Manhattan boys coach Benji George. Indians head coach Benji George joining us here courtside and Benji as I was noting high caliber basketball game really throughout the course of this one tonight in which neither team was able to build too much of a lead uh, and and when opportunities presented themselves each team took advantage of chances yeah I mean when I'm able to zoom out from the emotion of it and everything I you know I know you could look at the game and say well it you know it was a great high school basketball game it was it's it's Again, the best environment in the state in this game. Um, you know, we went toe-to-toe with them on their home floor, and, um, and you know, I'm proud of what we left out there. I thought we played incredibly hard. I thought our communication was good. 
I thought throughout the entire course of the game, we answered every big play with a big play, um, it, it, you know, until the very end. They just made one more than we did. Um, we had to overcome a lot. I mean, you know, Asher was probably our most productive player, and he had to sit for 12 minutes in the first half because of the two touch fouls, you know, and then um, – uh, we just kind of kept plugging along. I thought we did enough defensively to keep them off balance. I thought if, we, if the game was in the 50s, I thought I'd really like our chances. Um, the guys followed it. The, we, we had a different defensive game plan, and the guys followed it to a T. And uh, I just kept, you know, I just beg our guys, just keep believing in us, keep doing what you're doing, and in these close ones, it's going to turn around. Really, a couple of plays that, that stand out at the tail end of this ballgame none more so than Larkin Turner getting that offensive rebound on a second try after he had just missed. Uh, but those are the types of games that in a game like this are the type of plays that in a game like this wind up being difference makers, yeah. and yet you were in position. You can X and O you know, all you want with stuff like that, but a lot of times it does come down to a bobble of a ball and you know who ends up with a 50-50 ball. I mean, Credit to Turner, he, it, you know, he had a heck of a game, and, and our defensive game plan was geared towards stopping their guards, and I thought we did a good job on their guards. Um, but, you know, he, he filled that void around the rim, and um, it's hard to tell our bigs when you work on help defense so much to not help. Um, and, you know, we tried to make that adjustment, but um, it just, again, it, you know, it, it, but, you know, credit to Asher, too. I thought Asher answered you know, as well as he could have, um, you know, with some of the big plays he made. But, you know, it was just, I think, two good teams going toe-to-toe, and it didn't come out on our, our you, side. You mentioned the fact that Asher had to sit those 12 minutes in the first half because of foul trouble. Sam Spiegel came off the bench and gave you good minutes as well as coming up with six points in that time frame. Yeah, he really did. I mean, we needed it. Um, you know, we needed we needed to keep a body around the rim. And, um, and that's, that's Sam. I mean, that's Sam. He's going to be ready when his number's called. And, whether it's for, you know, seven minutes in a game or whether it's for, um, you know, what it was tonight, uh, he's ready to go. He's a great teammate. He plays incredibly hard, and um, he did have a good game. And I don't want it to be overlooked, too, that Sawyer Newton came in the first half and I thought gave us a, a real spark off the bench. And um, just, you know, it just one of those deals. I, I thought we got great contributions from Elijah McFadden, too. It's just, again, it came down to a play here, a play there. Hard to believe that, that, you know, we've talked about here the number of overtimes that I've been at the uh, mic for you guys, but uh, you've been able to pull those out for the most part. This one's a little tougher to swallow tonight because you fall, uh, and, and, and we're right in that position. Yeah, we were in a tough spot. You know, 18 seconds, you're down three, but we didn't have a timeout. Um, and so, I, I, you know, you could still get a two there, but you can't stop the clock. Right. So we had a little, you know, sc- you know stagger and, and a one more that we ran we just we went too quick with it we, we were into it way too quick and and then we didn't get the look we wanted it jason got an okay look hit the back iron but um, that's just a tough spot to be in when you know you can't stop the clock now you turn around three games remain emporia is the first of those and i know you want to get them back for the loss at their place not all that far uh, long ago uh, talk about here what's left in front of you yeah, I just, you know, I told my, you know, my biggest fear is that, that when guys are pouring their into it the way we have that, and they're not getting the results they want, that on some level they stop doing that. And I told them the only thing I can guarantee is that if we're, if we stop being positive and we stop doing what we're doing, then it's not going to turn around. I can't guarantee it will turn around, but I can guarantee it won't if we, if we stop doing the things we're doing. So, um, you know, we just, we have to be tough and, and play a grinded out game on Tuesday. And um, we're due. I mean, we're due against Emporia. Uh, we feel like, and um, next week's a big week for us. Okay. Good luck. We'll uh, catch up to you later. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Benji.
Benji George again catching us up here at half uh, at half court after the Indians fall tonight by this one uh, to Junction City by the final of 56 to 53. That was Troy Coverdale, Benji George, Manhattan boys coach, as the Indians fall at Junction City, 56-53. And I think Manhattan Mercury put it best. Toby Hammes, good friend of mine over at the Mercury. Manhattan boys fall to Junction City in a rivalry slugfest. And I love this first line here. Uh, in the first matchup between the rivals this season, Manhattan came away with a narrow 65-64 win at home, handing the Blue Jays their first loss of the season. Story Friday night was eerily similar, with the home crowd being the difference in a competitive matchup. And Troy mentioned this on the broadcast last night that the Blue Jays have been playing in the Junction City Event Center now for three years, and all three times now they've beat Manhattan. And that crowd plays such a big difference. And we saw it last night. And in the end, Junction City, I mean, and with all due respect to Manhattan, Junction City is just the better team right now. Uh, Nick Perez's team is playing at an incredibly high level. They're number two in the state of Kansas in 6A. Uh, I'm sorry, four in the state of Kansas in 6A. I, somebody mentioned two to me. It's actually six. Uh, they're four currently in 6A behind Blue Valley Northwest, Shawnee Mission Northwest, and Wichita Heights. They're just a better basketball team right now, and that's nothing against Manhattan. They had a great effort last night, but Junction City's a tough cookie, especially uh, when you're facing them at home. And Junction City has not lost a home game this season. Their lone loss that was non-tournament uh, was at Manhattan back on the 5th of January. They're unbeaten at the Junction City Event Center uh, this year, and they have three games left. And right now sitting pretty comfortably in the Centennial League uh, when it comes to their standings. And we'll obviously take a look at the Centennial League standings a little bit later. We mentioned Manhattan Girls. They came away with the 61-18 to victory last night. Uh, they're sitting at 10-7, and seven, a 2-1 and one week for them, and currently they are in fourth. Or Apologies, yes, they are in fourth, uh, or tied for third, I should say, with Topeka Hayden uh, in the Centennial League. Topeka Hayden girls actually lost last night, uh, and they had kind of a rough week. Hold on a second, got to get my spreadsheet here correctly. <laughs> i got a lot of teams here. Uh, it was a rough week for Topeka Hayden. They lost a road contest to a really good Emporia team that's unbeaten in Centennial League play, and then they lost a two-point game last night on the road to Washburn Rural, who now moves into second in the Centennial League standings uh, on the girls' side. Also on the boys' side, you have Washburn Rural. They had a win last night because Emporia boys ended up um, – losing a game to Washburn Rural last week. They have the tiebreaker. And Nick Perez, when we talked to him a few weeks back, he said it's very similar. The Centennial League is very similar to the SEC in college football. I have to agree with that. I would say it's very similar to the Big 12 in college basketball. You never know. The standings can change daily. And right now, it's a two-game lead on the girls' side for Emporia. They're at 7-0. and Junior Blues, Lady Junior Blues, they're 5-2. and And then you have a tie with Hayton and Manhattan. Manhattan lost the game to Topeka Hayden uh, back on February 2nd last week, uh, and their last game of the season will be against Topeka Hayden on February 20th. That'll be a home tilt for Manhattan High School, and we'll have that game for you here on News Radio KMAN. But three games to go for Manhattan. Emporia on Tuesday. Manhattan girls, that's going to be a tough contest, as I mentioned. Emporia 7-0 and in Centennial League play. Then they got to go on the road to Washburn Rural. That's another team that's very tough. They're second, sitting at 5-2. and That's a game that the Manhattan girls ended up losing at home on Monday in a very tight ball game, a two-point loss. And then you got Topeka Hayden, who, uh, when they played Manhattan, they beat them by three. 
So for Manhattan girls, you have three incredibly tough games on Tuesday, Friday, and then February 20th to wrap up your season. This is the time now, if you're Scott Mall's team, that you got to step up and really make some big plays for your team in this situation. And then again, of course, for Manhattan boys, same schedule. You have Topeka Hayden, who's not great. You did beat Topeka Hayden, the boys' side, uh, last Friday by 12 points. But Washburn Rural second, and Emporia boys, they're third. They're tied with Washburn Rural. Washburn Rural has uh, the tiebreaker. So right now, those standings looking pretty, pretty interesting. We'll discuss more about that coming up next here on Scoreboard Saturday, powered by WTC Communications. We're back here on Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN. AJ Shaw, your host with you. Of course, we're brought to you by the great folks at WTC Communications. WTC keeping you connected with the fastest fiber network internet speeds. Keep your homer business in the game or get your homer business in the game online at WTCKS.com. I was listening to Detroit's ad there, that little spot there that we had, uh, about the Cabo trip. And uh, this is something that's really cool. So Cabo St. Lucas, we're giving away an all-expense-paid trip next February to Cabo with a two-bedroom beachfront condo at Villa Valencia and a flight for two out of Manhattan Regional Airport. It's brought to you by Briggs Auto. This is pretty cool. Jerome Tang has vacation there. Now, I have never been to Cabo before. I've been to Mexico once. I went to Mexico about 20 years ago. I was like two and a half years old. I was a mess. Uh, but this was back in the days where you didn't need a passport to get into Mexico. It's a little different now. You have to passport to get in. But uh, this is a beautiful area, I'm told. So make sure to listen to uh, K-Man. Listen to the morning show with Troy Coverdale and Brandon Peoples. Uh, it's pretty cool. And uh, Briggs Auto is our sponsor. We'll name our First location sponsor next week on the morning show. So tune in 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. here on News Radio KMAN. All right, back to basketball. We were talking Centennial League standings in our last segment. Of course, Manhattan, uh, the boys have dug themselves into kind of a hole after losing on the road to Junction City last night in a very good ball game. Uh, currently, Junction City sitting at the top with a one game lead over Washburn Rural and Emporia with three to play in the season. Uh, Manhattan currently sits in fourth on the boys' portion of the Centennial League standings at four and three, and then you got Topeka High at one and six, and Topeka Hayden at zero oh and seven. So, right now it's a four-man race. I think Manhattan still has a shot, but next week's going to be tough. You got two games against uh, the two and three third-place teams, second and third-place teams in the Centennial League. Uh, for Manhattan boys, we talked about it a little bit at the end of our last segment. How tough these last three games are going to be for Manhattan girls. You know, they were able to come away with a couple big wins against teams they needed to beat in Junction City and Topeka High, but they lost a game to Washburn Rural by two on Monday. Good fight in that one. And they lost a game to Washburn, uh, Topeka Hayden last Friday. Uh, but they get to play them again, the Washburn Rural tilt next Friday. That's a road contest. And then the Topeka Hayden game is on the 20th. And I mentioned Topeka Hayden girls are struggling. Last two games haven't gone their way. Uh, they lost by a dozen on Tuesday to Emporia, 
and they lost by two to Washburn Rural last night. They have four remaining. Junction City and Topeka High next week. They got Manhattan on the 20th, and then they have Eudora. That's a makeup game from earlier in the season to wrap up their portion of the schedule on uh, February 22nd. Uh, we jump now over to Junction City Boys. They have three left. They got Topeka Hayden Tuesday night on at home, Emporia next uh, Friday. That's a big ball game, and then Topeka High to wrap up their season. Washburn Rural. Uh, even though they have a losing overall record, they've won five of their seven conference games. They took down Topeka Hayden last night by 21, 62 to 41. That after they lost a game by eight to Junction City on Tuesday. They got Topeka High. We mentioned the Manhattan game. And then they don't play for a week. Their final game is against Emporia on the 23rd. And they beat the Spartans back on February 2nd, last Friday, on the road at Emporia, 48 to 31. So despite the losing record, Washburn Rural, they're they're sitting in a pretty good position. They're five and two. They got the tiebreaker over Emporia for second place. They don't get to play Junction City again, unfortunately. So Junction City has the tiebreaker currently over uh, Emporia, unless Junction City drops their last two games and uh, drops two games in the league, and Emporia just wins out. Emporia wins it, but right now Junction City sitting in the driver's seat for the Centennial League standings. Uh, Washburn Rural Girls, they're at 5-2. and two. They got Topeka High on on Tuesday as well. Uh, they took down Topeka Hayden in a tight game last night, 46-44. So, you know, that's right now, if you're looking at Topeka Hayden, they were 13-1. and one. They're now 13-3, and three. and while that's good, 4-3 and three in the conference certainly doesn't help uh, as they are currently holding the tiebreaker over Manhattan. NCKL, we take a quick look at that. Uh, right now, the NCKL is kind of a mixed bag. Uh, on the girls' portion, Wamigo, they are currently at the top. It's kind of a rough week, though, for Brian McIntosh's team, uh, to say the least. They dropped a game on the road to Chapman on Tuesday by 12, 45-33, but last night they beat Abilene. Now, this is an Abilene team that hasn't won a game this season. They're 0-16, and Abilene gave them a fight last night. Wamigo narrowly held on for the 50-46 to win. Lexi Heck now back in the lineup after missing a couple of weeks with an injury. She had 21 points. Sarah Springer had 13 for Wamigo as they came away with a victory. They have four games left in their season. That includes two games against a Concordia team uh, that is currently uh, third in the NCKL on the girls' portion of things. Marysville currently in second at 4-3, and three, uh, but really kind of right now, Wamigo's got that advantage. they got a game-and-a-half lead on Marysville, a two-and-a-half game lead on Concordia. So a lot of things starting to kind of play in as we see the picture going into uh, the final week of the season. Uh, you have Abilene, of course, on the boys' portion. They are red hot right now. They haven't lost in conference action yet, 7-0. and uh, The Abilene boys able to take down Wamigo boys. Where is my cursor at here? There we go. We got um, Abilene boys. They were able to come away with the win over Wamigo last night. 14-2 record overall, 7-0 in conference. They got a non-league battle with Hayes on Tuesday. Then they got to take on a Clay Center team. Clay Center boys, they're 9-7, and but tied with Concordia. Now, Concordia with a half-game lead, and they hold the tiebreaker right now over the Tigers. The Tigers uh, lost a game to Concordia way back in December. That was during the uh, winter break where we didn't have a show. They will have one more contest with Concordia. That's Tuesday the 20th, a road tilt. That could be a big ball game right there. And they have to wrap their season up against Abilene on the road. So Clay Center, three of their last four games, it's going to be tough. And two of the three against Abilene. That's tough. The Tigers, they're going to have to try to figure it out uh, as you look at it over here. 
Clay Center at four and two, Concordia at four and two, Wamigo Boys sitting at five and eleven, two and four, and then you got Marysville and Chapman at the bottom in the Mid East League. Big ball game last night between Silver Lake and Rossville. Uh, Rossville and Silver Lake, two of the top teams in the state in a girls matchup, and Silver Lake just continues to show how dominant they truly are. They won it sixty-eight to thirty-nine. They're seventeen and zero. Uh, 8-0 in conference play. Rossville girls get their second loss. They drop to 13-4. So I think it's safe to say the Mideast League uh, is going to be going to Silver Lake on the girls' side. Rossville in second. Wabunsee Chargers, they ended up uh, losing a game to Riley County last night. Riley County having a nice week. Uh, the Falcons, both, both the boys and girls, the boys in particular, but the girls coming away with an upset win. They've won three of four and four of six. Kelsey Nelson's team. And then on the boys' side, two straight wins. They knocked down St. Mary's in a big ball game on Monday by a point. And last night picked up the five-point road victory, did Riley County boys, as they're sitting at 5-11 and with four games to go in their season. The Mideast League leaders, of course, on the boys' side, Rock Creek at 8-0, one of our area teams. We talked, of course, with their head coach, Justin Smith, last week on the show. They picked up a big win over St. Mary's. St. Mary's struggling here in the month of February uh, on the boys' side of things. They haven't... They've gone you know, one and three in the month of uh, February. They lost three straight games, lost that game to Riley County on Monday, lost to Centralia on Tuesday. That was a TVL non-con game. And then they dropped that contest on the road at Rock Creek last night. They got four games in a row coming up. They got Osage City, uh, Council Grove, and Wabunsee, a three-game road trip before they wrap up their portion of the schedule on uh, the 22nd when they take on Riley County. You hear the music, that means we have to uh, take a quick time out. But when we come back, we'll talk with Blue Valley Randolph coach Blake Franz, his team on a seven game winning streak. We'll hear from Coach Franz coming up next on Scoreboard Saturday here on News Radio KMAN. News Radio KMAN scoreboard Saturday on this February the 10th, 2024. AJ Shaw, your host with you. Big ball game tomorrow evening. The Kansas City Chiefs in their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years as they'll take on San Francisco. Looking to form their a modern day dynasty, trying to win their third championship in the last five years. Pre-game coverage starts at 1 p.m. here on News Radio KMAN. With kickoff at 5.30 from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Chiefs and the 49ers. As Patrick Mahomes tries to cement his legacy. Big ball game. A lot of pressure on both sides. Chiefs trying to become a dynasty. The 49ers trying to get over the hump. After, of course, losing to KC in 2020 in the Super Bowl. Losing in back-to-back NFC Championship games to the Rams in 22 and the Eagles in 23. So a lot of pressure on Kyle Shanahan, too, because of his legacy in the Super Bowl of blowing a couple of biggish leads, obviously the 28-3, and then kind of a biggish lead against the Chiefs in that Super Bowl in 2020. And then um, you got the Chiefs, like I said, they're trying to become a dynasty, and there's a lot of pressure on a lot of the players. But anyways, uh, Chiefs and 49ers coming up tomorrow. Pre-game starts at 1 here on News Radio Kamehameha. Big sports weekend for you. Uh, we have K-State women's basketball here today, also on our sister station, Sunny 102.5. Uh, they'll be taking on uh, Oklahoma State today, if I'm not mistaken. I have to just make sure I'm correct on that. 
Yes, I am correct. Oklahoma State today. That's a 3.30 pregame here on Cayman and over on Sunny 102.5, our sister station, with a 4 o'clock tip from Bramlage. And then later tonight we'll have K-State men's basketball when they head to 21st-ranked BYU. Pregame will start at 8 here on News Radio Cayman. So busy sports weekend as the Cats look to try to build off their big win over KU on Monday. All right. We uh, told you in our last at the end of our last segment, Blake, Blake Franz would be joining us in this segment, the Blue Valley Randolph coach, whose team is on a great run here of late, seven straight wins after a three and six start. And coach, we'll start off with that. Your team just continues to really roll with a seven straight wins. What has kind of gone into your team's success here of late? Yeah, um, this was our third team playing Washington. They uh, actually beat us the first time. Um, Braden Brockman led the way with, uh, I think, 21 points and 14 rebounds. He's actually our point guard. He's averaging nine rebounds a game, which is pretty good for a point guard, and 16 points, five assists. He's he's playing really well. But other than that, um, just in our our little stretch of wins here, we are uh, we have a lot of balance. He he kind of leads the way. Um, maybe maybe not always the leading scorer, but he's our most consistent and. We get a lot of balance after that, so um, yeah, we're we're playing well right now, and and Braden's been kind of our our more consistent player. Yeah, Braden Brockman definitely has been a guy that has played a great role for you guys. Uh, you picked up that twenty four point victory. You guys have really just been on a roll since the TVL tournament. Uh, to the to listeners out there that may not know a whole lot about that, just kind of talk about that experience, how that went for you guys. You guys went two and one. Uh, even in your only loss, you played really well against a good Frankfurt team. Only lost that one by one point. Yeah, um, we uh, we we had a really good year last year. Um, we were eighteen and five um, going into this year. Uh, we lost sixteen years last year, and uh, we we still knew that we we'd be pretty good. Um, we knew it'd be tough, um, but the league was a little younger last year. And losing 16 years, you know, that you think it'd be a big drop-off, but, like, just just summer league and all that, we we kind of had a good feeling going into the year, and we lost, oh, I think six, six, we've lost seven games, and six of them have been by six or less points. Um, and and it was tough. We, we, we were frustrated. Um, but at the same time, we were relatively positive because we knew, we knew uh, we had a good squad, and, and and we just need to kind of get over the hump and and win some close games or a close game and 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 we've just been rolling ever since. So there's a lot of teams, obviously, in Twin Valley League. A lot of teams are very tough to play against. Uh, who would you say is one of the tougher teams you guys have had to face this year? Well, uh, Clifton Clyde's definitely the t- toughest. Yeah. So I said we lost. Um, uh, Six games by six or less points, and the, the our our other loss, our our seventh loss, was against Clifton Clyde, and that one was by sixteen. But uh, and then we we have Axel coming up, who's another tough team. Uh, Hanover's tough, mm-hmm. uh, but really at the end of the day, um, you know, TBL is always tough. But this year, it, it really is true that anybody can beat anybody. So mm-hmm. I think on any given night. Uh, whoever's hot is is winning that game, um, and there, there's definitely some teams that are that are a little more consistent. But at the end of the day, whoever's hot is going to win the game. 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, you mentioned you only lost. I mean, the loss is only really close, but your victories, I mean, you had a, a big win over Onega. You had a big win over Washington County. You mentioned Braden Brockman is definitely a key to your success. What else would you say kind of goes into your team's success of late? Yeah, um, so I go probably seven or eight deep, um, depending on the night. We did lose one player to injury, uh, but I have another kid that, or another couple guys that are stepping up. But uh, I think what goes into it is just uh, getting some contribution from um, – or just like consistency from some of our role players. Uh, Trey Sump, when he's shooting well, uh, we we really tend to roll. Um, Landon Schreiber and Dakota Krause, they're our seniors, and they've been pretty consistent all year too. So I've kind of had three consistent scores and and everything else uh, with Landon Schreiber, Dakota Krause, and Braden Brockman. But when I get those other role players rolling, um, they kind of feed off each other, um, and that's that's when we really are clicking and and blow blow open the doors. Um, so just getting some of those role players going is is huge for us. What would you say is your team's philosophy this year? Is it defense? Is it offense? What would what would you say is your team's philosophy? Uh, it's definitely a mixture, um, but we really play well when we are just. Uh, running and gunning. Um, yeah, I think our defense is is uh, is definitely another key. Um, and and here lately, we really have locked down on defense. But more so, we are just getting up and down the court and, and getting good shots up, mm-hmm. um, and we're sharing the ball well. So I'd say those are our keys. You have a week off between your last game and Centralia on Tuesday. How is your team kind of preparing? you know, having that bit of a hiatus? Yeah, um, I'm trying not to, uh, you know, focus on Centralia so much. You know, we we kind of, at this point in the year, we've kind of got put in what we want to put in. We uh, we definitely have, have worked on them, but right now I've been doing a lot of situational stuff, late-game situations, yeah. um, ju- just to kind of freshen things up. Mm-hmm. Um and and keep doing what we're doing at the same time, and then and then come Monday I'll probably lock into Centralia a little bit more. Awesome. Uh, a couple more questions for me. Um, recently, Keisha announced they're going to implement a trial run for the shot clock next year. That's going to be thirty-five seconds. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I love it. Um, I I want to get it here uh, at, at Blue Valley. Um, the problem is that it is uh, it's expensive, and you got to find people to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do understand that uh, it's uh, it's difficult to implement, um, and I think eventually over time everybody will have the shot clock, but it might take several years. Um, but I like it just because of the way we play. We have teams that want to slow slow the game down, and and if they do a good job of it, then it, it makes a tough game for us because uh, we we want to get out and run. Well, you got two of your last three games at home. You got Centralia, as I mentioned, Axtell, and then Valley Heights to wrap it up. Uh, as you get into postseason, how how do you try to get the mindset with your guys? Kind of saying, "Hey, guys, we're getting into that stretch drive now. We want to try to just just continue to play our best basketball as we get into the latter stage of the season, into the playoffs with Substate and hopefully the state tournament." Yeah, um, we we just got to continue to do what what we've been doing lately. In in practice, we get up and down. Um, I try not to focus on too much of, uh, you know, playoff like 
basketball, but I just I, I want to continue to do what we do. Um, at the same time, this this week off stretch, um, I've kind of used it as an opportunity to kind of pre- prepare for those those uh, sub-state games. Like like I said, I'm I'm working on situational stuff quite a bit here, um, and I I guess this week is, has been kind of our our chance. Even though we're not in the playoffs yet, I, I used it as an opportunity to kind of work on, uh, I guess, substate type basketball. Um, and after that, I, I just want to continue to practice the way we usually practice and play the way we usually play, uh, which is getting up and down, pressuring the ball, and, and, and trying to speed the game up as much as possible. Do you guys run a lot of zone press or man to man? What what kind of what do you what do you usually do on defense? What do you what are you usually running? Uh, we do run a man-to-man trapping press, uh, mm-hmm. but but for the most part, we just run man-to-man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to run more press, uh, but we seem to have more success when we just go man-to-man. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're doing a really good job of late. And I, I I usually use the man-to-man press as kind of a switch up. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we do on defense. We don't run a lot of zone. Um, unless we need it. So, and how long have you been at Blue Valley Randolph? By the way, uh, this is my ninth year. All right then. Well, Coach, it was a pleasure to talk with you, and uh, it's great to see you guys playing well lately. Good luck to you guys the rest of the way, and hopefully, we can uh, talk down the road. I I appreciate it. Thanks, AJ. Blue Valley boys coach Blake Franz joining us here on Scoreboard Saturday. Thanks to him for talking with us and uh, his team looking really good right now, as we mentioned. Uh, ten and six on the season. They've won seven consecutive ball games, and they are six and four for the season, uh, with three more games to play. They of course beat Washington County seventy-one to forty-seven the other night on Tuesday. When we come back, we'll dive into some more scores across the TVL, and also look at the latest KBCA rankings. It's all coming up next on Scoreboard Saturday, powered by WTC Communications. We're back here on Scoreboard Saturday, News Radio KMAN. On this Saturday, Andrew Joseph Shaw, your host. Yes, that is my real name. AJ is my nickname. (laughs) I know my mom is out there listening, and she appreciates that. (laughs) Anyways, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we are now on Spotify. We have a podcast. So right after the program... Go over to Spotify, type in K-Man Scoreboard Saturday, hit the follow button, and you will not miss an episode. We upload the show right after the program ends at 9 o'clock. Still watching this documentary on the 2000 Ravens. Some of you know I am from Chicago. And even though I wasn't around for the 85 Bears, I still view them as the greatest defense of all time for a single season. But those 2000 Ravens, man, geez, they were incredible. Especially their run defense, because up front they had two mammoth defensive tackles and the late Tony Saragusa and Sam Adams, the linebacking core of Jamie Sharper, uh, Peter Bulware, and Hall of Famer Ray Lewis. Man, that defense was just insane. And, you know, they made Trent Dilfer a Super Bowl champion. So, Also, one other thing I want to mention here, uh, the Briggs Auto Lane Passport to Cabo. We, uh, 
We're giving away an all-expense-paid trip next February to Cabo St. Lucas uh, with a two-bedroom beachfront condo at Villa La Valencia and a flight for two out of Manhattan Regional Airport. It's an eight-night or eight-day, seven-night trip, uh, and it's a beautiful area. So keep listening to K-Man. We'll have the first sponsor next week on the K-Man Morning Show with Troy Coverdale and Brandon Peoples beginning at 6 a.m., you definitely want to you definitely want to keep listening to K Man because whoever wins this opportunity to go to Cabo, they're going to have a great time. Beautiful area, and uh, yeah, this, whoever gets it, I'm I'm going to be jealous of them because this is a very nice place. Anyways, let's get into some of the TVL scores quickly, and then we'll uh, dive into um, the new KBCA rankings. Uh, not a ton of changes there, but we did mention earlier Junction City bumped up to six. The only score I could not find from last night uh, was the Donovan West Hanover game. I looked everywhere for it and just was not able to find the score, but Donovan West and Hanover, that was the one score we were unable to find last night. Uh, for Valley Heights girls, though, they were losers at home against Centralia, a final score of 54-50 to as Valley Heights girls dropped to 11-5, and 6-2 and in conference play. Centralia girls, they're still perfect, 7-0, and 14-1 on the season. They're currently leading in the Twin Valley League. Valley Heights boys dropped their contest to Centralia at home last night, 63-47, as they dropped to 5-12 and on the season. Lynn girls, a loser at Sylvan Lucas. That's a, a non-league battle. That was a home contest last night, 61-49. And Lynn boys, losers to Sylvan Lucas, 54-47. Washington County defeated Axtell, Axtell girls. That's a that's a that's a law. Actually, I'm sorry. They beat Axtell girls last night. I got it confused there just for a second. Axtell boys is the team that's playing really good right now. Uh, Washington County picks up the 48 to 32 win. Washington County girls, Washington County boys, not able to do the same thing. Losers to Axtell, 56 to 38. They're sitting at seven and ten. Axtell girls, we mentioned they're losers uh, for Axtell boys. Uh, they're at 14 and two, six and two overall in conference play. Troy girls. Uh, losers to Frankfurt last night, 51-30. to Frankfurt, one of our area teams. Frankfurt right now sitting pretty uh, with a record, the Frankfurt girls with a record of 13-4 and and 8-2 and in Twin Valley League play. Uh, they are playing pretty good basketball right now. They've only lost one game uh, since the TVL tournament at Onega. Uh, they took down Onega on the 25th, took down Clifton Clyde, who's pretty good. Uh, beat Blue Valley Randolph. They ended up beating, losing to Centralia. Centralia is very good, and uh, beating Axel and Troy. Frankfurt boys, they're eight and nine. They lost their contest to Troy last night, thirty-seven to twenty-nine. So they're sitting at eight and nine, four and six in league play. Uh, without that score, though, for Donovan West, not able to give you an update of the standings through last night. But currently, uh, Clifton Clyde boys leading. They kind of have a tie with Centralia boys, although. Clifton Clyde boys have played two extra league games over Centralia. Hanover boys sitting at 13-3. and We can't obviously add that game from last night, but uh, the Twin Valley League, definitely a lot of competition so far going on in the standings. All right, let's bump over now to KBCA rankings, the new rankings out this week. Uh, really no changes at the top from last week. Wichita Heights still the number one team in 6A boys. Mays South the number one team in 5A boys. McPherson, number one in 4A boys. Beloit is one in 3A. Linden, one in 2A. Southgrade, 1A Division I. They're number one. And Northern Valley is number one in 
Division 2-1A. Uh, some of the area teams we mentioned earlier in the first segment, Junction City Boys, they're currently fourth in 6A rankings. Rock Creek, they're coming in at seventh again this week. They're sitting behind Abilene, who has not lost a game. Boy, I know they're out of conference, but that'd be a great matchup to watch. Top team in the Mideast League and the top team in the NCKL. That'd be that'd be pretty fun to watch that one, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. That's that's pretty awesome. Uh, St. Uh, St. George, Rock Creek, they're seventh currently in the 4A boys' rankings. Uh, again, not a ton of changes pretty much out of the boys' side of things. Uh, over on the girls' side, Shawnee Mission South, they're sitting there at 1-6A girls. Andover sitting at 1-5A girls. you got Bishop Miege at 1-4A girls. They stay in the same spot. Wamigo again checks in at 2 this week in 4A girls. Uh, but you have to think after a couple a tough week for them where they went 1-1, one one, they may drop down a couple of spots. Uh, Fort Scott is behind Wamigo at 3 with Wellington coming in at 4 and McPherson coming in at 5. Over on the 3A girls' side, Silver Lake checks in at 1. We mentioned they beat uh, Rossville last night. Topeka Hayden comes in at 2, but Topeka Hayden's probably going to drop back as well, as is Rossville. Uh, Halstead coming in at 4 with Nemaha Central out of Seneca coming in at 5. So we could see Halstead and Nemaha Central bumping up and taking the spots that Topeka Hayden and Rossville hold. Uh, Riverside sitting at 1 in 2A. Little River at 1 over in uh, 1A Division 1 with Frankfurt checking in at 5 there. Clifton Clyde checks in at 3 in the 1A Division 1 girls' rankings. Uh, and then in 1A Division 2 girls, you got Labo checking in. You got Hanover coming in at 4. Hanover having an excellent season. Uh, weren't able to find that score, unfortunately, last night in their ball game against Donovan West. But that's pretty impressive. So the rankings kind of sitting the same. Wamigo girls probably going to drop back maybe a spot or two. We'll have to see what happens. But uh didn't check Bishop Miege because we're not really we don't usually use them as an area team. But Bishop Miege sitting at one. They've been at one for a while now. Uh, but we could see definitely a bump up. The biggest changes, as I said, three A. We're going to see changes because Topeka Hayden lost two last week. Rossville lost to the number one team in Silver Lake. Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's going to be a lot of changes. I feel in three A, and we're going to talk about it next week. KBCA rankings important. Of course, we're in that stretch drive right now. Uh, where things are very, very important. Just want to make sure I was right here. Yeah, Little River, they had an updated ranking. I had to make sure. Centralia checks in at three on uh, the 1A rankings. Clifton Clyde actually down at seven, so I was wrong. Clifton Clyde was sitting, I think, at three in their original rankings. They made a mistake. KBCA did. Uh, Clifton Clyde at seven. So that's uh, the big thing that we have to discuss. All right, final minutes here on the podcast. Of course, the Kim Commando show coming up next at 9.03 here on News Radio KMAN. We'll be back next week, uh, 8 o'clock, same time, same place, giving you all the scores, standings, coach interviews, and updates. Uh, it's been a pleasure, of course, to be on this show uh, this year. You know, a lot we've, we've, we've seen a lot of changes here on this show, trying to get more interviews with coaches and players. And, you know, I appreciate all the coaches that have come on and, and provided the insight that have talked to us this year. I want to thank Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Colby Van Camp for helping us out, Owen Burke for helping us out. And uh, it's 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 been a fun show this year. And as we get into the stretch drive of the regular season, as they like to say in baseball, the stretch drive, and uh, you know, as we get into postseason, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot to talk about. And I appreciate everybody tuning in. We had we had very good uh, response to the first podcast up on Spotify last week. Again, make sure to check that out. 
Go to Spotify, type in K-Man Scoreboard Saturday, and hit that follow button. You won't miss an episode. If you can't tune in at 8 o'clock on uh, Saturday mornings, we got the podcast for you. It's the entire show. You get to listen to my uh, obnoxious voice. No, I'm kidding, obviously, with that. But you get to listen to my voice and great interviews from all the coaches, get the standings and scores, because that's what we're here for. We're glad to provide you the latest updates on high school sports. Chiefs and 49ers tomorrow. We have coverage for you here on K-Man beginning at 1. I, I know I picked the Ravens. I did that on purpose, as you guys probably know. I, I Unfortunately, I just I have a feeling the Chiefs are going to win tomorrow. I have a feeling the Chiefs are going to win tomorrow. We haven't seen a back-to-back Super Bowl champion in 20 years. And I have think, I'm thinking the Chiefs are going to beat the 49ers. Don't get mad at me if I'm wrong. I'm just making a prediction. Don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to make I'm just trying to make a prediction and try to <laughs> maybe 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 I'll be right. Maybe I'll end up being right. Last year I picked the Eagles. I was the only one uh, in our little group that we had to pick the Eagles. So um, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, um, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs tomorrow. Of course, we got K State women that's on here and over on our son- sister station, Sunny 102.5. Uh, 3 o'clock pregame today, and then, of course, we'll have K-State men, 8 o'clock pregame today. K-State women, they're taking on Oklahoma State uh, at 4 today. That's the tip-off. And then K-State men in Provo, first time they're going to Provo in a while, take on the 21st-ranked BYU Cougars. Uh, that's going to be a big ball game, to say the least. K-State trying to keep the momentum going after a, another overtime victory. And I'd say the goal in that one is just get it into overtime. Jerome Tang is 11-0 and in overtime as the head coach at Kansas State University. That's pretty impressive. And, uh, yeah, K-State, hopefully they can continue the momentum. Hopefully that KU win was something was something to kind of get the juices flowing for K-State. I just I hope we can, we can see this team finally get on a good run as we head into the final weeks. Of course, Kim Commando's show coming up next. we got K-State women here later today. 3 o'clock pregame here on K-Man and Sunny 102.5. 8 o'clock pregame for K-State men as they will take on BYU later tonight here on K-Man Super Bowl tomorrow. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Stay warm, and uh, we'll see you next week, same time, same place, here on Scoreboard Saturday. Go Chiefs. Have a great rest of your weekend, folks.